Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Jeff Potts, who is Vice President of Sales at Blue Jay Solutions. And today we're going to talk about the future of freight procurement. Now, we're in the uh, you know, fourth quarter of, of 2017, and you know, a lot of companies are, are in the process of putting together and, and finalizing their, their budgets for uh, 2018. And I think it's safe to say that when it comes to transportation, uh, you know, all signs point to, you know, tighter capacity and higher rates, uh, you know, moving forward here in the weeks and, and months ahead. Um, you know, so how should, you know, shippers, you know, approach freight procurement uh, moving forward? Um, you know, what, what are some of the, the big changes or, or trends, you know, that are going to be impacting uh, the process? And, and how can technology uh, help? You know, those, those are some of the questions that we're going to, you know, address here today. And, uh, you know, Jeff, I've known Jeff for a long time, and uh, he's... Uh, you know, has a wealth of experience in the transportation industry and obviously in his role there at uh, Blue Jay Solutions, he's on the front lines of, uh, you know, working with shippers and carriers and, and you know, all the stakeholders in the industry and, and has a, you know, a front seat view in terms of what's going on. So it's great to have him on the program. So, uh, Jeff, welcome back. Thanks, Adrian. It's uh, great to be with you again and uh, look forward to our uh, conversation today. Great, great. So, 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 Jeff, I guess, you know, as a way to get started, um, let's, let's talk about the current state of the transportation market. I mean, there, there's a lot of discussion uh, today about tightening capacity and rising rates, as I said. I mean, what are you seeing, you know, based on the activities on, on your network and the shippers and carriers that you work with? Sure. Yeah. And, and as you know, we are a, uh, at Blue Jay Solutions, a, a, what we call a single instance multi-tenant uh, SaaS platform. So we aggregate uh, in excess of uh, $17 billion of, of annual freight spend uh, through our uh, TMS technology. And uh, we just recently ran the numbers for the last six months. And, and what we're seeing is uh, over the last six months, rates have uh, increased by uh, 22% uh, across the board uh, for uh, shippers in the uh, marketplace. Uh, dry band's been a little bit lower. They've been around 19% uh, rate increases uh, or cost increases, and refrigerator's been more in the 27%. Interesting enough, uh, since uh, August 20 when Hurricane Harvey hit, about half of those increases have come up since then. So about a 12% increase since uh, August 20. And again, the breakdown in the dry band's been around 11% uh, rate increases since then, and 14% on the uh, refrigerated side. We've also seen a pretty significant increase in uh, loads going to the spot market. And uh, there's been about a 17% uh, premium being paid for loads in the spot market over a traditional uh, contracted rate that the shipper may have on file with a particular carrier. Well, I mean, those, those are some significant uh, percentage uh, increases. I mean, it, it sounds like it's, it, it, is it accurate to say that, you know, the hurricane um, Harvey kind of exacerbated, you know, the problem or the, the, the rise in rates and, and, and tightening capacity, but, but it was happening nonetheless anyway? Yeah, and I would say that's uh, true. I mean, uh, obviously the economy continues mm -hmm. to uh, chug along and, uh, you know, manufacturing indexes are all up and, and, and the economy's in good shape. And so, uh, you know, that in, its, in and of itself has, uh, you know, uh, tightened capacity. You're going into the third and fourth quarter, which mm -hmm. historically are, our big times of the year for uh, kind of year-end holiday uh, sales and that type of thing. And then the, uh, the hurricanes uh, on top of that kind of exasperated that whole problem in terms of uh, uh, getting equipment uh, and networks out of balance and, and that type of thing. So it's been kind of a, 
perfect storm, if you will, of uh, uh, what's been going on in our last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, that, that term perfect storm, I mean, the last time that we were really talking about this, I, I, I remember was back in two, 2004, right. you know, where, you know, tight capacity rates were going up, you know, the driver uh, shortage issue, which is a, kind of an ongoing kind of, uh, you know, problem there. So, you know, what I heard recently at the, the CSCMP conference, I know you were there as well. You know, I know in my conversations with shippers and things that I was just hearing is that everyone's kind of looking at the cloud, you know, looking out their window, look at the clouds darkening and saying, you know, it looks like we're heading into another storm here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think everybody's trying to figure out, okay, uh, you know, is this short term, long term? How does this impact our supply chains? And, and what do we got to do uh, differently to try to mitigate some of these issues? Right, right. So, again, I guess along those lines, then, I mean, uh, are do you see, particularly relative to, let's say, the last time that uh, the industry found itself in kind of a, a perfect storm, are, are shippers in a better position today to weather the storm than, than in the past? And kind of what's new and different today? Yeah, I think that definitely uh, shippers uh, are better in a better position. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, like with our customers today, they certainly have access to what is the real-time uh, market rates. So we have, you know, the freight index, what we call blue decks, built directly into the TMS. So they can see, okay, if market rates are going up or I'm experiencing increases, how am I compared to the marketplace? And so, you know, they have a better um, information on kind of benchmarking themselves versus their peers. That's, you know, real-time market intelligence. They also have better tools embedded in the TMS as to, you know, how do I efficiently, if my primary carriers aren't turning uh, uh, or turning the loads down, to get those loads covered through spot markets and, and that type of thing. So there's tools like that. And uh, one of the things that we've uh, uh, done here in the last year as well, we've partnered with, uh, with Uber Freight. In fact, you mentioned CSCMP. We uh, had a joint presentation out there uh, with them and really talking about this uh, partnership. And What's interesting about what they're doing is, uh, you know, a lot of companies view them as a, a traditional broker, but they're really bringing a, a lot of the same kind of technology that uh, they brought to the taxi industry to, to the uh, commercial transportation industry. So being able to uh, have drivers download an app and be able to um, get real-time visibility into uh, loads available, uh, what those loads pay, and so really putting... Uh, the tools in the hands of the drivers uh, in, a, in a new and meaningful way for those drivers. And if you look at the marketplace, I mean, there's, as we all know, it's a fragmented marketplace. There's over 470,000 carriers, uh, but only 10% of the carriers, or roughly one third of the capacity, is with fleets that are larger than six trucks. And so many of our shippers are using, uh, you know, the the medium and large size fleets, but there's a long, long tail of smaller uh, private owner operators that there's really no efficient way for carriers to have access to. And so one of the things that uh, they bring to the marketplace for our clients is uh, access to that long tail capacity that historically they haven't been able to uh, go after in an efficient way. And so it's really trying to take the friction out of the system and, and introduce uh, uh, capacity in the marketplace that they historically haven't been able to to work with. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's interesting. You bring up kind of the, the long tail. That, that, that was something that uh, you know I've I've talked about um, you know over the past year, but from a different context. You know, mainly from a supply chain visibility standpoint, where companies historically kind of follow that eighty twenty rule, right? They they would uh, get do eighty percent of their 
you know, transactions or visibility with, you know, the, the, the 20% of, of their suppliers and accounted for that 80%. But, um, you know, they, they're recognizing today that, you know, they need now that visibility to that long tail, right? To the, the other 80% of their uh, suppliers that uh, they're doing business with. And it sounds here, it's kind of a similar type of thing on the transportation side where, you know, as the capacity gets tighter, the, the need and the importance of really reaching those long tail uh, carriers in a, an efficient, you know, way, um, it's going to become more, more important. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, there's no question about it. I think uh, that's going to be uh, increasingly important as the uh, you know, market continues to be tight and, and rates increase. So, you know, just, you know, in terms of what Uber Freight is doing, I mean, obviously with all the regulations that are in place, you know, ELDs and hours of service and, and safety requirements and, and the like, um, I, I would assume that there's almost almost like a broker, I would say that, you, you know, there's some sort of certification that needs to take place so that you as a shipper feel confident that the carriers that you're working with are, have met your requirements versus, you know, relative to insurance, safety and, and so forth. Right. Yeah, so in, in that way, you know, Uber is Uber is a broker, so you know, so they're they're uh, you know still having to uh, you know vet those carriers and make sure there's insurance and that type of thing, like a traditional uh, broker would would do. But I think the uh, how they access uh, those carriers and those drivers, really getting down to the driver level, is different and unique in terms of. Uh, you know, the technology that they're bringing to bear to, to access that long tail. Great. Great. So, so, so let's talk about the, the, the freight uh, procurement process now, um, you know, kind of in a lot of everything that we, we've talked about, I mean, how should shippers and carriers approach, uh, you know, freight procurement in, in the weeks and months ahead? Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, first of all, even before you kind of get into procurement, I think it, it's always good for, uh, you know, the shippers and the carriers that continue to, uh, you know, uh, maintain, uh, you know, a regular cadence of meetings uh, to really look at, you know, what's happening with my business, uh, where's my business going from a forecasting perspective, what are changes in my network, what are changes in the carrier's network, uh, how do we make sure that we're working together as uh, efficiently as possible, reviewing the KPIs, you know, what's on-time performance uh, been looking like, what's your tender acceptance looking like, and that type of thing to make sure that, you know, the carriers and the shippers are, are working together, you know, as efficiently as possible. I think specifically as it relates to procurement, you know, it's important to, you know, maintain that regular cadence of, of procurement because, you know, let's face it, carriers' networks do change over time. The shippers' networks change over time. And it's, it's important to, to maintain that regular uh, cadence of, of procurement events. I think it's also important to look at your uh, strategic carriers before you go out to a procurement event. And, uh, you know, membership should have its privileges if you're a, a carrier that's performing well for, uh, for a shipper and, and looking at that uh, carrier's network and saying, okay, are there places where we can make sure that we're, we're helping support our uh, strategic carriers that are really performing well for us and, and supporting them. And, and maybe there's carve outs even before you do a procurement event. Uh, with those carriers to make sure that you're, uh, you know, leveraging their network and, and utilizing their assets as, as efficiently as possible. Now, are you seeing, uh, are you seeing the, the cadence change at all? I mean, do mo most shippers still, most shippers and carriers still go out and, you know, kind of do like a once a year uh, uh, type of refresh of their contracts and rating guide? Do, do you see that maybe, 
you know, particularly maybe with those that might be more strategic doing that, you know, perhaps a longer term or kind of changing the process from the way that it's been historically done? I think the, the cadence hasn't changed. And I think, uh, you know, shippers are realizing as well right now, you know, in spite of the market conditions, whether they go out to market or don't go out to market, they're experiencing increasing increases in their transportation costs. So I think a lot of shippers recognize it's still important to maintain that uh, cadence. Uh, it's important to, you know, to really work with our carriers and look at the networks. And, you know, I think it's, it's important for, uh, you know, the, those commitments to be honored on both sides, uh, both on the shipper side as well as the carrier side. So if I'm a shipper, you know, am I uh, honoring my commitments that I made to those carriers in terms of the uh, uh, lanes and the uh, capacity and, and that type of thing? But then also on the carrier side, uh, you know, it's important, particularly in these uh, uh, market conditions, that you know they're they're uh, you know maintaining their side of the partnership as well, and and you know not uh, necessarily aggravating the situation with uh, uh, you know price increases because they can get it, can get away with it, so to speak, right now in the, in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, I know you know historically, you know, some of the challenges or or you know the the shortfalls have been where you know shippers either didn't provide the carriers with enough with enough granularity or visibility in terms of what their demand is going to be in the, in the weeks and months ahead, right? So. Uh, I think one of the, the leading practices I've seen historically would be, you know, uh, shippers that are able to really get down into, um, you know, on a lane by lane basis and, and, and really forecast out in terms of what they expect our capacity needs to be. And then to, uh, you know, continuously modify as they continuously modify and change that because obviously no, for, we all know that forecasts are always wrong, but to keep the carriers to your po earlier point, you know, maintain that ongoing communication uh, to kind of share with the carriers, okay, here's what we thought we were going to do at the beginning of the year. We're now in month three and things are either uh, ahead of schedule or behind schedule. We, we're going to experience more demand or less demand. And I think working through the continuous communication, I think, has, a, has been a successful, uh, you know, approach in the past. Right. No, absolutely. So, so let's talk about the role of technology now. I, I mean, you, you know, certainly, to, you know, TMS, transportation management systems, you know, play, play an important role here. You know, there are other technologies uh, that, uh, you know, you talked about benchmarking and having access to real-time visibility to, to what's happening in the marketplace. I mean, how, how is technology in general, uh, you know, uh, helping shippers and carriers, uh, uh, you know, approach freight procurement, you know, more, you know, intelligently and efficiently? Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the benchmarking. And typically, when we're involved with procurement events with our clients, that's the first thing we do is really look at uh, their rates and what they're paying in the marketplace today, comparing that to the the rate index that we have in the TMS, and and saying, okay, should you uh, go out to market with your entire network? Should you uh, potentially carve out only a, a certain lanes where you're potentially uh, above premium uh, by a certain percentage on the, on the lanes. You know, so that's the first step. But then secondly is really looking at our network. And, and that's one of the, the beauties of the model uh, that we created is when you have over 20,000 carriers in the network and you know, it's roughly about 17, 18 billion dollars of freight flowing through the, through the network on an annualized basis, really looking at where is there complementary capacity. So where are carriers consistently moving freight 
in complementary but opposite directions to that shipper. So, you know, one thing we never want to do is steal uh, carrier capacity from shipper A to give it to shipper to B. But we always want to look at the network and say, where do we see carriers moving in opposite directions to that particular shipper? And then make sure that those carriers are being invited to a procurement event. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about uh, asset utilization. If you can find the right carrier on the lane that, you know, you resu it results for uh, lower empty miles for that carrier, higher utilization of the equipment, uh, ultimately it's going to yield a, a more uh, aggressive rate for, uh, or attractive rate, I should say, for that shipper and create a better sustainable solution for that carrier. So that's kind of the secret sauce, if you will, when we go out to do procurement events on behalf of our customers is really looking at the, uh, the complementary nature of, uh, of the market. You know, along those lines, I mean, are you seeing, you know, or, or participating in or helping to facilitate, you know, collaborative, you know, shipping opportunities where you kind of, where you have enough density and enough, uh, repetition, if you will, of, of these lanes to, you know, come in, you know, two shippers coming in, let's say together to, you know, approach a carrier and say, hey, we can make this a, a uh, almost, almost like a dedicated, you know, lane here. Are you seeing more of that or more opportunities like that uh, coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So we not only look at it from the carrier side and say, where's their, you know, uh, complementary uh, carrier capacity going in the opposite direction, but we also look at that on the shipper side. So where do, you know, shipper A and shipper B uh, have very complementary lanes where you can go to the marketplace and work with carriers uh, more on a dedicated uh, continuous move type of an arrangement and result in savings for both both shippers as well as uh, create that uh, continuous move for for the carriers and so you know that whole concept of what we like to call green lanes it's it's really leveraging the the network and the information exhaust coming out of the network to drive that next level of efficiencies that are beyond uh, four walls of you know everybody's individual supply chain. Yeah, and no, I, I think there's some 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 great opportunities there. Um, I, you, you know, historically, a lot of companies there have been many challenges you know to do that. You know, I think culturally and 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 just because of uh, you know change management you know type of issues. But you know, I'm, I'm one of these firm believers that um, you know moving forward. Um, you know, the only way that, um, you know, companies are going to get to that next level of performance and reliability and so forth is that those barriers to collaboration, you know, have to, you have to start coming down and that's going to be the real way that, um, you know, companies are going to get to that next level of, of performance and, and cost improvement. Um, and obviously, you know, the technology piece, you know, being part of a network and having that visibility to that data helps, you know, you know, to facilitate that. Right. No, absolutely. So, you, you know, uh, Jeff, we're running short on time here, so I just got a, a kind of a couple of more questions. And I know making predictions is, is always a, a risky business, especially here in, uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, transportation. But, but how do you see the, the future of, of freight procurement evolving over the next few years? I mean, what, what, what big changes, uh, you know, will, will we see? Yeah, I think, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. I think uh, the fact, you know, there's a couple of things. One, I think the, the, some of the new tools that give you better real-time intelligence around uh, visibility into uh, demand and capacity really allows you to uh, more efficiently execute. And, and you talked earlier about, you know, sometimes uh, the vagaries of forecasting are, 
are less than you know uh, you know stellar in terms of uh, the, the forecast. So if you have better visibility into what's going on in a real-time uh, capacity uh, and demand perspective, it allows you to execute better. Planning becomes less important. So I think that's the first thing. And then I think the second thing, and you know, we, we talked about this in a, a previous episode of what's going on with autonomous vehicles. I think that's going to fundamentally change the, uh, the, the, the landscape as well. That technology is continuing to evolve and develop very, very rapidly. And as you start to be able to see a, an envision a world where uh, capacity is running 24-7, 365, uh, that I think will fundamentally change um, the, you know, the, the how uh, shippers use routing guides as an example uh, and, and, and that type of thing. Utilization of equipment will you know, drive down costs uh, overall. Uh, because of the efficiencies that are gained and uh, higher asset utilization and that type of thing. So I think that's going to continue to uh, help offset, you know, some of these uh, 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 you know, pending uh, wins that we have in the marketplace today. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think there's, there's ongoing debate in terms of, you know, how uh, near that future is, you know, whether we're, you know, a few years away or a decade or more, or, you know, away and, um, but 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 I I think that ultimately some form of autonomous vehicles and will will play a role here and certainly I think to your point is going to have an impact in terms of how you know shippers and carriers uh, you know work together and how that that kind of capacity is 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 procured and, and reserved uh, you know you can always see a day where you know we're uh, procuring drones or procuring you know space on a hyperloop uh, tube or you know those are all things that arguably perhaps a little bit further down, but you know, you never know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of new and exciting technologies that are out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, Jeff, as, as a way to, you know, kind of wrap up, I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a transportation executive at a, at a manufacturing or, or, or retail company, I mean, what should, what should I be communicating today to, you know, upper management in terms of what to expect with regards to, you know, to, to transportation in the weeks and months ahead and then what action should I, you know, start taking today? Yeah, I think you you need to kind of get out ahead of it a little bit. And so, you know, I, I think transportation rates, you know, in the fourth quarter and on into 2018 are, are going to continue to rise, whether we like it or not. I think that's the environment that we're in right now. And so I think, uh, you know, transportation executives, supply chain executives really need to make sure they're communicating well inside their organization on what's happening, making sure they're giving their uh, senior management, good uh, analytics on uh, what's happening with costs and that type of thing. Nobody likes surprises, and uh, it's better to be able to get out in front of it and be able to communicate what's going on. And then hopefully through that communication, organizations can continue to look at, you know, what are the things that we can do as a company mm -hmm. to uh, break down uh, maybe uh, silos within our own organization around, um, you know, inefficiencies and that type of thing uh, in order to make ourselves a, you know, a, a better shipper uh, out in the marketplace. And I think it's also very critical for uh, those supply chain executives to continue to have those regular ongoing uh, cadence of meetings with their, their uh, carrier partners and, and really looking at you know, what are the metrics, uh, how are we doing collectively, uh, what's working well, and also you know, as importantly, what's not working well 
and then what are the things that we can do to address those those areas of opportunity to you know to mitigate those those things and so i think it's you know communication uh you know is is probably vitally uh important uh going into this uh time right now to make sure that you're communicating well within your organization but also with your uh your uh, carrier partners as well yeah i think that's uh, that's solid advice there and i think that's um that's proven to be successful in the past. And I think it's going to be, you know, even crit more critically important, you know, moving, moving forward here. Well, well, Jeff, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, we always just managed to scratch the surface on these topics and with everything going on in transportation. I mean, we, we probably could have spent, you know, two hours talking about all different aspects of what's happening in the industry, but you know, certainly um, you know, we provided some good food for thought and, and address some of the key things that are happening right now. And, and, uh, you know, I think you provide some good uh, advice for folks in terms of what, what to communicate and, and what actions to take in, in the days ahead. So, uh, again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Absolutely. Yeah, great talking to you again, Adrian. And uh, thanks again for uh, hosting it. Great. Uh, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the uh, Blue Jay Solutions website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Jeff, uh, you can post it there. And I'm sure that he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.